live for another episode of the Puppet Podcast. Hello, everyone. Happy evening, morning, afternoon. <laughs> Depends where you are in the world. Here it's Caroline for this wonderful episode. We connect with UK today. And yes, I'm really excited to bring in the screen. I, I, I will show you the picture. Here is Dick Downey. We will have him in the screen in a second. But before, I just want to tell you that we launched this coaching program to help puppeteers with promotion, social media skills to put out there our work. So we have this web, um, website that I invite you to have a look on. And it's about all those techniques and tips about social media to grow your audience. When you, some of you maybe do streaming online. So you just fill your name. We have put a free training there and it could answer a lot of questions about how social media could help puppeteers actually. So it's really um, Eli, uh, who is the genius behind the podcast, like the, the master mind towards social media, who put that together. And yes, I really want a lot of puppeteers to get involved in this coaching program and get some group uh, grouped all together to, to have a, a reflection about social media and just all together solve those and get more opportunity with online stuff. So here was the Puppet Podcast uh, blog for this publicity. So you have also a look on the Patreon if you haven't checked it already. We have plenty of workshop online out there. So feel free to watch this. So now let's go to the chunk of it. We have a wonderful, you know, I ask on social media, who is the puppeteer of the year, who you admire in puppetry? And for sure, the name of Dick Dale come. And yes, here is him. So drum roll. Thank you. Yeah. Yay. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome on the Puppet Podcast show. Great. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad to, to get to know you. And I, I want you to, I love when the puppeteer introduce himself to the Puppet Podcast crowd who are watching right now. So could you explain to us how you fall into puppetry? I fell into puppetry. I started off uh, a very long time ago when I left school uh, and I was not keen to do anything at all. I didn't do very well at school. I found school incredibly boring. Um, and I, a friend of mine learned to juggle and he taught me to juggle. And at the age of 19, we, we left the UK and we bought a bus and we went to Spain and we became street performers. And I sort of was a clown and a, and a street street performer for about four or five years. And then during all of that time, I started to make props and, and puppets for other people's shows and eventually I was um, I was stolen from the street by a puppet company called Green Ginger who were based in West Wales in the UK and I sort of became a puppeteer by accident but it was something that I was I sort of I knew that it existed but I didn't know how to get into it so I sort of fell in. Yes and I'm so curious because you you were working as a clown and after puppetry get into your curriculum 
It's so interesting. I, I want to, to know, and this is not from the script. I just divert because I want to know your, um, how you feel those art form connected for you and how they help each other. Um, good question. I've no <laughs> idea. No, I, I think, I think it's marginalized art forms. I think puppetry and clown and mime and a lot of those, like in Europe, they have visual theater. And it's all sort of put into one sort of group that, that uh -huh. they all exist within the same sort of universe. We're sort of outside normal theater in the sense that we can take bigger dynamic directions that you wouldn't necessarily take in a normal theatrical world. I think we can take bigger risks and we can take bigger uh, subjects and sort of shrink them down into a more condensed Thing, like with puppetry and with clown, you're sort of either exaggerating something that people recognize and sort of taking it to a much bigger world, in, certainly in clown. And in puppetry, you're sort of doing the same thing, but either you're shrinking it down to a micro world uh -huh. or you're, you're exploding normal things and making them extraordinary. Yeah, that's such a great answer. Like, so spontaneous, but I feel I agree so much because I enjoy both art form. And like you, I, I think they have some something fascinating for the audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree. I think, they're, I think they're, 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 they're complementary. They live in the same, they're different, but they live in the same world. Yes. And um, I want to know if you have a specific moment in the past where you can say your crush for puppetry happened. Um, I think from childhood, really, because one of the things that we had amazing TV, like I grew up in the 60s and 70s and the British TV around that time was absolutely fantastic. And we had so many amazing puppet television experiences and uh there's a there's a guy called oliver postgates and another guy called peter Furman, and they had a, a show that most people know it's called bagpuss it was a, a stop motion animation of a cat that lived in a window of a shop and everything in the shop came to life and it was beautiful but prior to that he did other shows with a lot of two-dimensional cutout cardboard or illustrations that he animated to bring those to life. And then and then on top of that, we had some terrible puppets on television that were just awful, but you sort of, you know, as a, as a three or four-year-old, you didn't know the difference. Um, so we had Andy Pandy and we had um, Bill and Ben. So I was sort of, I think British culture was sort of immersed in puppetry when, when we were little children. And I think that sort of love either stayed with you or you, you lost it. And, and which is a shame if you lost it. And then after that, it was just things like watching lots of films and stuff and things like Terry Gilliam's films that were really inspiring and Monty Python and lots of absurdity, which didn't necessarily involve puppets, but they, they had a similar atmosphere that, that sort of created a world that you wanted to be in. And ah. I think my crush of puppetry was wanting to be in that small, weird little world of, of things that you you could imagine have been made and i like i like making things i'm sort of i have to move all of my hands are always on the go and i'm either scribbling on paper or fiddling with clay or something so i i think i was always drawn to a world where things were in motion and being moved by other people
Yeah, I love you say motion, like it's really part of our creativity and it, it's so true. And we, I want just to talk uh, to the audience who are watching right now because they can also ask you questions if they have. So you can, everyone put it in the chat and for sure I will bring it in the screen. So Dick, I have a deep question. Yes. It's always the same question that I ask in the Puppet podcast, but the deepest one for me is the why. Like, what makes the art of puppetry an art that you cherish? Uh, for me, I mean, I, I'm really fortunate in the sense that puppetry for me is two halves. I like making. I'm a puppet maker, so I really... I love making puppets, as you can see. I'm in my workshop. I could show you around later. Uh, but I also really, really love performing. Mm -hmm. So for me, the whole thing about puppetry, I'm very fortunate that I can, I've got both sides of, the, of, the, of it. I can make the puppets and I can perform with them. But I cherish being on stage and bringing something to life where an audience is willing to accept what I'm doing and to suspend all of their disbelief that the fact that I'm moving something that doesn't doesn't live and they're willing to accept that the fact that it's alive for them. So that's the part of the puppetry I cherish. And I also cherish just the making. I don't mm. like I don't like making puppets for other people. I do make puppets for other people and I will make puppets for other people, but I never enjoy making puppets for other people as much as I enjoy making puppets for myself. <laughs> That's yeah. good. That's great. That's true. Creativity for our project is always really precious. Mm. We yeah. have um, Nicole who asked this, and I will bring it right away because, uh, Nicole, uh, I think it's a really nice question. What kind of puppet does Dick specialize in? Let's see. Uh, Maybe I will bring you in the stuff already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bring it. I, I, I don't necessarily have a speciality. I mean, I make puppets of a, I've made big puppets and I've made really small puppets, but I like, I like tabletop size mm -hmm. and I like, I work in different materials. I work with sort of thermo, like warbler and, and thermoplastics, but I also use latex and I use a lot of found objects and yeah. So I, I try not to be too narrow in what I like to make and I, And it just depends on what people want as well. So I don't do marionettes. Yeah, but yeah. all the rest is open. Yeah, marionettes are difficult and hard. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's so true. And um, I want to um, ask you, because also a lot of people who begin uh, in puppetry watching the show, and I, I love to hear the opinion of uh, old-timer, what you think is the best feel of study for someone to become a puppeteer? It's tricky because yeah. I mean, because I don't know what this, what's out there anymore. I mean, there's this puppetry is now becoming such a popular sort of art form that there's definitely mm -hmm. more opportunities and availability for people to learn puppetry. I mean, there's lots of uh, theater production colleges are now starting to incorporate puppetry in their courses. I run, I work in um, the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama in Cardiff in, in the capital of Wales and their theatre design students who are doing a three-year course 
every in their first year they do a 10-week puppet module where they have to design build rehearse and perform puppets for a script that's written directly for them and they don't go to the course imagining that they're going to end up making working with puppets but as soon as they introduce to that world they really get excited about it and a lot of them have gone on since to become puppet makers puppet designers and puppet directors um and a lot of other people there's pop-up courses there's workshops there's on there's a lot of a lot of online resources now where people are sort of running puppet workshops online because there's no other way of doing it mm -hmm. uh, but i think the best thing is to just make puppets and give it a go and if it's just doing it for your friends or or getting into a sort of uh, sort of scratch night at a puppet festival or or cabarets or just doing it on the street i think the hardest thing is getting started but the best thing to do is just get out there and do it and it's it's difficult to say but find other people who are interested and ask them to get involved with you or yeah just see lots of shows and talk to people. I don't know. There's lots of different ways in. Yeah. And I don't know what's the best, and I don't know what's available to where you are. But the best best thing is to just look at a lot of shows, look at a lot of stuff on online, and sort of just feed yourself as much information mm. as you can, and look at different techniques and styles, and then just play around and experiment. Yes, that's such a good advice. That's true. By observation, you can learn a lot. Yeah. 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 And I want to know, because you're, you were part, like you, you start from performing art and after you get into the building or which was the opposite? No, it's, yeah, no, I started off as a, as a, as a performer mm -hmm. and then, and then I became a puppet maker. So I can't remember what year, but when I, when I joined Green Ginger, who are a puppet company based in, in the UK, they were already quite established as a puppet company and I'd been making puppets and props for other, other, other projects I'd been involved in, but they were the first puppet company that I'd sort of ended up working with. Yeah. Uh, and I sort of was taught by Chris Perry and Terry Lee who run, ran the company. They were making puppets in latex. Um, so I learned that technique with them and sort of making mm. sculpting in clay and then making plaster molds and making latex. Um, and I sort of, but I was I wanted I wanted to be I needed to be doing something like that anyway. So prior to making puppets, I was making other things or or doing illustration and yeah. so I was always I was always involved in a creative arts. But before that, I never really had a proper job. I was just a street entertainer and, and a, that's what I was doing for a living was just performing on the streets and yeah. Yes, because the street is a good place to learn. And and Nicole have another question. Uh, and and yeah, we have questions. It's it's funny. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> someone insulted me. Yeah, I say old old timer, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's not that old. <laughs> Gary said, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, yeah, I I apologize. I didn't want to say that you were. Right, it was my wife. It's my wife. She's fine. She's <laughs> I'm sorry. And we have Nicole who asked, does Dick still clown? Yes, very much. I've been touring since um, I made a clown show in 2014 uh, with my uh, performing partner, Adam Blake, and we made a show called Call Rephobia. Let me see if I've, I can't see. Um, 
Corophobia, which is which means fear of clowns. Uh, and I knew I wanted to make a clown show. Um, and I wanted to do it because I wanted to go back to what I how I started as a clown. And uh-huh. Adam, who I'd already been working with, uh, had done a lot of clown training. So we decided we were going to make a, a, a show about two clowns who um, who they just did really shit puppets. They were they weren't very good at puppetry. Um, and then it, it sort of it evolved, and then everything in the show was built from cardboard. All of the sets, all of the props, the whole world, and it became about two clowns trapped in a cardboard world. And um, and then we've been touring that now for well since 2014, and we've been to 12 international puppet festivals with it. Um, and it's it is a clown show. The full works, red nose, the photograph that you publicized. Yeah. This podcast is from that show. Um, so yeah, we're doing a lot of clowning, big shoes, every, the whole works. But it's 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 a very it's an ad, it's an adult show. Uh, <laughs> it must be really interesting. You can say so cool, beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah, it must be really really cool. And it I want to, yeah. yeah, I yeah. want to ask you if you have your own definition of a puppet because you are also teaching to students. So sometimes it, it's maybe interesting to explain what are the characteristics of the object, how you define it. Yeah. <laughs> you, ask, you, you can ask a lot of people that question. I don't know. I think um, a puppet, anything, I guess, it's like people say anything could be a puppet, which I don't think is necessarily true. But, yes, you can, you can create a puppet out of most things, and it's about – It's about your belief in what you're doing. If you believe enough in what you're doing that you can make this thing come alive, you can convince a whole audience of people that that it's true. That you, yeah. you know, it's about belief. And I know that there's things like breath, and you can, if you've got the breath in the puppet, you can bring it to life. And and there's all sorts of techniques and and um, sort of not necessarily rules, but there's, you know, there's there's a whole world of how you bring a puppet to life and what is a puppet. But I think for me, it's about, it's about your belief in what you're doing, because if you don't believe it, then the audience isn't going to believe it. You know, if you know, you can, yeah, it's about conviction and what you're doing. You have to be honest with yourself about what you're trying to bring across to an audience. Wow, yes, that's so beautiful. Like it's the first time I think someone answer in this belief words. It's it's kind of always really deep as an answer. It's a bit of philosophy how you position yourself and believing in what you do. That's great. Great answer. Yeah, and I, I, we have people uh, who believe in you. <laughs> yes, Vic. I'm glad you believe in me, Vic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really interesting. People agree, like Martin also yeah. agree about the believing aspect of the job. So that's really, really true. And um, yeah, those. I have a, a really deep question about maybe your career and the future. And it's funny because now... Things are changing, but I want to ask you your goal. Like, do you have something you envision for the future that you you really want to achieve, to do, like a, a dream or a purpose that you, you see for the future? Yeah, well, as an old timer, there's not much future left. So um, uh, 
I just want to be able to get on stage and perform. I think my future, the future is that the theatres can open and that people can sit in an audience and that everybody could be in the room at the same time and we don't have to do everything on a screen and digitally. So that's the future I'm looking for everybody. Um, and I don't know. I think I still, I just want to, like, I don't have a pension, so I think my future is going to be puppeteering until I die. So that's okay. It could be much worse ways of, of surviving. Um, but I know that I've got to just, I'm in the process of making a new show now, which we're, you know, we've got our fingers crossed and we're waiting to see how that's going to happen. But hopefully April and May, we're going to be back in Norway to make the sixth show I've made okay. in Norway. So we're making a new show about, uh, it's called Big Boys Don't Cry and it's about masculinity and just how rubbish um, we are. Um, and so that's that's my short-term future goal. Uh, and the long-term future goal is to still be doing this when I'm too old to be doing it. <laughs> that, that's that's amazing. But it's it's the legacy. I, I I feel it's a lot of future. It's it's really amazing. And we have people who finger cross too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and yeah, we have to exist. Yeah. I would just bring those little comments. It's really amazing that you 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 answer to us people yeah. who are watching. Yeah. <laughs> It's really funny. Yeah, but that's true. We want to go back on stage and just put the show on the road. And I, I wish everything will. Let's let's see. It's, yeah, it will yeah, be yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. It will be fine. Yes, and I, I want to see your studio. I feel now we are ready. We have 20 people and Derek. And let's see how we will bring right. puppet. Let's see what we can do. I'm trying not to move it too fast so you get sick. So this this is I'm in a place called Puppet Place, which is in Bristol in the southwest of England, uh, and it's a shared space. We have a we have a communal tool workshop. So down here, there's three companies in this part of the building, uh, and we have a communal tool workshop. We have uh, a communal central table. So if you've got a big project, you can use that table. Um, we have various things. We have a laser cutter and uh, a vacuum former, and we have lots of different people. So my world is four meters by four meters. So uh -huh. I have all the tools up there. I hope I can you can see because I'm holding it away from me, so I don't know what I'm doing. Uh -huh. um, oh, I see, I see. And then there's all of that the wall of corpses oh. and just just lots of lots of most of the puppets here are either sort of prototypes or they're being chopped out of a show and left on the editing room floor or they're left over from a previous show that no longer exists so the puppets have to be here because I don't want to put them anywhere else and mm -hmm. then and let me step further away you are so well installed. We see like all the tools. It's really in order. It's yes. Really so that that's my space there. That's that's a four meter by four meter space where I build my puppets. And then that is another company called Rusty Squid who make uh, they combine robotics and puppets. Mm. The time there's a communal tool space with all our bits and pieces. Um, and then, oops. 
over in the dark corner over there is where Chris from Green Ginger is based. And then upstairs we have uh, graphic designers and theatre set designers and uh, filmmakers. So it's a really interesting communal space. Like I said, there's about 18 people here. Uh-huh. When we're allowed to be here at the moment, we have to have a very reduced number of people in the building at the same time. So, yeah. And then I've got drawers with things like eyeballs and teeth and uh, nuts, tiny micro nuts and bolts. So I've got everything I need here. And generally, I know where everything is. So it's all, yeah, easy yeah. to grab. Yeah, well organized. And that's the point. When you create, you need to find the stuff fast because it's it's the moment, the zone of creativity. Yeah, and uh, yeah, let's see what the, the audience, we get plenty of, of comments. Nicole say, Evan, <laughs> I think she enjoyed your space. And yeah, we have Gary who say, yeah, across yeah, the road for another tiny little puppet factory. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. We're based opposite Ardman, so they, they just, they're on the other side of the road. So it's a good, it's a good space in Bristol. There's a lot of, there's a lot of creative industries here. There's a lot of like a lot of animation companies and there's quite a few puppet companies here and it seems to be, you know, a lot more coming along as well. Yes. I, I feel, we feel the creativity all over. We, we want to visit. Yeah. And Nicole wants to visit also. I want to go to UK and, and yeah, she asked her, where would you suggest? Do you feel Bristol is the place for puppetry? We must go to visit the it's a good place to start. I mean, there's some, there's a lot of companies here, and um, I don't know where else you'd go. I go obviously London because there's a lot of a lot of companies there. I think the best time to come is when there's uh, like a puppet festival. That's a good time to see any city is when they've got their puppet festivals on. And Bristol, uh, well, we have we haven't had one for a couple of years just due to various problems, but we do have puppet festival here uh, on a biannual. So every other year we have a puppet festival. London has the Suspense Puppet Festival. Scotland, Edinburgh has a really good manipulate. So that's a good way of, that's, I mean, if you if you really like puppets, then go to the festivals at the different cities and you get, A, you'll get to see the cities and the best of the puppetry. Yes, that's yes. an amazing advice. Let's, yes. we will travel, we will travel and, and get the wonderful world. We have two doors there. Like awesome people, great puppets, wonderful yes. world. Yes. For the future. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, I, I want to ask you, Dick, if people want to see more of your work, want to connect with you, where they should go and watch and maybe <laughs> have social media, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think we've got a, I think, because my company is called Opposable Thumb Theatre. Um, uh, and it's uh, and I think we've got a Vimeo page. Uh, it's basically I used to work for a company. I ran. I set up a company in 2000 called Pickled Image, and that was a puppet company. And for, so I was uh, part of Pickled Image for 19 years, and then I left the uh, year before last in 2019 uh -huh. um, to set up Opposable Thumb Theatre, uh, which is a new company. Uh, and a new company means we've got new social media and I'm really rubbish at keeping that up. But there's a Vimeo page for Opposable Thumb Theatre 
and uh, a Facebook page and an Instagram. I've got an Instagram account. And yeah, yeah this it's out there somewhere. Yeah, man. Look for it, you'll find it. Just you, <laughs> yeah. you know. Google, Google him and you will find him. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Zekit. It was a wonderful moment, a wonderful interview. And and do you want to show us a, a puppet in front of the camera to conclude? I can show you a puppet to conclude. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> but we see the studio, but I, maybe you have a surprise. Hello. <laughs> hello. 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 Oh, look. Oh, I can see all your names. I can see all your names. I know where you live. <laughs> I'm going to come and visit each and every one of you. <laughs> It's an agile show, we say. <laughs> yeah. I love kids. I love kids. Oh, yeah, I love kids. I love kids, honestly. Little bastards. What's that? What? Yeah, to the pub. No, you can't. They're all shut. The pubs are shut. No, the pubs are... You can't go to the pub. No, I've got whiskey down there. Yeah, okay, later. Okay, we'll, finish this. we'll wrap this we'll wrap this up shall we yes <laughs> yeah, we will wrap it up <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> i love yeah. it we feel your experience in voice also we really yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <Get it. laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah clown puppetry and and good human connecting all of that together that's the key thing here Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have applause. Like, yeah. please do ha ha ha. <laughs> please do ha. Yeah. Oh, stop it. You're killing me. Stop it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have something to add? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You finished? Yeah. He's finished. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. We have Gary say it's pretty, pretty creepy, but uh, yeah, I enjoy. It takes one to know one, Gary. It takes one to know one. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I love this character. I feel we can. You can do an hour with it for oh, sure. I could easily. I could do an hour. Just give me my own show. I'm ready. Oh, the lights. The stardom. Oh, yes, I'm ready. I'm getting for it. <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Dick, I, I got a blast. It, it was so cool to meet you. And I hope we could meet each other in person and, yeah, and yeah. all together in this big community. Again. Yeah, well, we're all going on a world tour. Well, yeah, like all of us, we're going to go to all the countries to see all the festivals. You don't yeah. have Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cool. Good. So thank you. You can stay in the virtual studio. I will remove to conclude. I will push you from the stage. Bye. 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 <laughs> so cool. So cool. Thank you so much for watching, guys. And yes, we, we have a blast at the Puppet Podcast. We have another episode tomorrow from someone in Vancouver. So we will connect all together tomorrow again. It will be in the evening at 8 East time. So let's see how we'll be awake from the Europe community and who will yeah, 
be join us. So I want to invite you to the gala. We do a gala, an online gala, the Puppet Podcast. We'll have his own gala, so you are all invited. And yes, the date will be on January 30 at 2 p.m. East. So if you're in UK, it will be 7. If you're in, in uh, yeah, Pacific, it's around 11 in the morning. So we want to do this big online gathering on Zoom all together. We want to have 500 people all together. So this is the Puppet Podcast Gala. So you're all invited. And yes, stay tuned to know more about it. So... See you, people. Have a wonderful evening, morning, or ever, wherever you are in the world. And yeah, stay safe in touch with puppetry. Bye.